Hey everyone, welcome back to the arena. I'm MD, joined here by Kovey, and once again, a really special guest that we can't wait to introduce and have a great conversation with. Love and appreciation to those that continue to follow. What's up, everybody? Uh, like MD said, got another another fun guest here. I was just telling MD before we hopped on that I'm 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 excited about this one, and I'm excited about all of our guests. But I think this is going to be a fun one. So um, this is John Keegan. John's a world-renowned dating coach, dating expert. He runs the Awakened Lifestyle, where he uses expertise in dating, attraction, social dynamics to help both men and women develop dating and social skills. Um, he holds workshops in LA to London to Rio de Janeiro to Prague. He's in Medellin, Colombia right now, um, separate separately. But John is a, a traveler. I, I, I think I've gathered from my couple minutes of meeting him. Um, and his work has been featured in a bunch of places, including New York Times, uh, Fox and Friends, Humans in New York, Men's Health. So with that, John, why don't you just, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your story and wisdom. And secondly, uh, who is John Keegan? Yeah, hey guys, great to meet you and thanks for having me here. I was really excited when you guys reached out. Uh, John Keegan is, uh, you know, a little bit of a background of me as is I originally moved to New York after getting uh, a degree in psych and I wanted to be an actor so I went there to act and I did a lot of plays and theater and a lot of studying and some movies and some commercials and uh, at one point uh, it just wasn't cutting it you know like it was fun but it wasn't I wasn't breaking through to anything and I didn't really like I wasn't enjoying working for other people so I would get a sales job here and there and I didn't enjoy it so I had to come up with something on my own, and uh, at that time in my life, a little over 15 years ago, I was really deep steeped into self-actualization practices and really leveling up my life. Like I had a keen awareness that I could be more, and I wasn't living my best life. I wasn't, uh, and I went on a real path of how could I get there, and it started with my diet, changing my diet playing with my diet and removing the main thing that I still do to this day is, is I, I don't bring, I, do, I try to uh, eliminate or minimize any poisons coming in, you know? So that was the biggest thing. And, and I realized most of my diet was poison. So when I, I decided to clean it up and try to eat more natural, and that really uh, helped me mentally, actually. It uh, got rid of um, depression and anxiety, which was normal to me. It was second nature to me. And it cleared it up that the diet and and the mindset that 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 I don't need uh, something some pill or something outside of myself to uh, recover from that. So that helped that. And then also practicing uh, a book I read was called The Power of Now and was fairly new at that time. And I read that book. Well, I would drive around in this uh, company car I had. I was working a sales job, and I would just listen to Eckhart Tolle uh, talk all day long, and he would tell me that if I just stayed in the now, my circumstance would change. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, it kind of make me mad a lot because I'd be stuck in traffic, people honking at me, but I kept doing it. And, uh, and I did, I got very good at being in the now and uh, you know, letting, you know, and that, that then it became, I was also at that time wanting to become a better at being social, wanting it to be a better connector with women uh, and I would see women that I was attracted to all over the place, and I had just gotten out of a relationship, uh, and but I just didn't know how to start that conversation, and I didn't want to meet them in bars. I wanted to meet those interesting, beautiful women I was seeing everywhere all day. 
So that there was that, and then at the same time, I also wanted to be, you know, as an actor still at that time, I wanted to figure out how to capitalize and not feel uh, so insecure when I was around more successful people than me, or how I felt that they were, and I would kind of shut down around them. So I really went on this path of through being social and pushing myself past my fears and limiting beliefs around being social, around my identity, and kept pushing myself past until I found a really deep confidence uh, day in and day out by transcending the resistance points of fear or, uh, or feeling like I'm not enough and kept pushing myself past it until I could stand in front of anyone, no matter how beautiful or successful they were, and be me, like I was with a best friend. And that was my goal, and that's how it started for me personally. And then along the way, a friend of mine said, "Look, uh, you're broke, and uh, you know, you're, like, because I had quit that job at one point." And he said, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to be an actor. That's what I'm working on for a long time. That's what I do." But he said I should uh, teach people what I was doing because I had broken through. And I said, "Okay, I'll try it, but I'll try it my way. I don't want to do it in any." Um, any uh, negative way, I don't want to be sleazy, I don't want to do that. So I created this uh, thing called the Awakened Lifestyle, which is this conscientious, uh, aspirational idea that you would self-actualize and become a master of connection. Connecting with yourself, connecting to the world around you, being super present, and connecting to the people in it. And that's the, that's the mission I have to this day. And I've gotten better you know, at reaching what is, whatever the Awakened Lifestyle is. I'm, feel like I'm getting better at helping other people reach out, myself reach it. And, um, but in there, I, I put out, uh, back in the day, I didn't know how to get a client or anything like that. I, I put out an ad on Craigslist, and uh, believe it or not, and people were using it. And I just put, and I didn't know who was gonna get back, I had no idea, and I just put something like, learn to, uh, learn to connect to yourself and meet and connect with beautiful women anywhere and everywhere. I put that on as an ad. And I, I, didn't, I didn't even call myself John. I just said, well, that, that'll attract some eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, and it, but it was an ad. And I was, it was an, uh, in the zeitgeist, you know? And I guess I, I framed it in a way that uh, this will be a healthy endeavor. It will be go be social. And it was in the zeitgeist. And uh, regular guys, I was surprised. Cool, interesting people that were successful. Doctors, uh, a, guy, a guy who had a successful show on MTV. Things like that. They would get come to me and I would teach them uh, my I didn't know exactly what I was doing I would teach them how to meditate <laughs> I would uh, take them for a walk and wave at people and things like that and over time and the, and they liked it and over and they gave me money and then I realized okay I'm going to make a program and over time I got better at making a program and realizing what I'm doing and uh, and luckily I never had to work another job again and then at one point it, it really took off so that's that's kind of my backstory uh, there's a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, there is a lot of meat on the bone. Touched on a lot that's within our language here from like diet, nutrition to being present to self-actualization. Well, let's get out. We, we, we've, we've had enough conversations on diet and nutrition. Let's move past that piece. I'm just mentioning all of it. I'm just mentioning all of the pieces. Like which one do you want? Yeah. I, well, it. well, I, I love the idea that, that just this idea of broader like connecting to yourself and how it applies, I think, to all different parts of life, including dating and in relationships is one of those um but i want to you said one thing that i want you to touch on a little bit more before we kind of dive into dating specifically and that's transcending the resistance points of fear i wrote that down like can you just elaborate on that and what that means 
Yeah, uh, you can break it down like, you know, you've heard of that expression like everything you want is on the other side of fear. And it's kind of like, uh, let's just put it down in, in kind of like a, a Zen in the art of meeting and connecting with women kind of idea. Like there's a, a woman that you're attracted to. A man sees a beautiful woman, he's attracted, he just wants to stay high like a human. And right away, uh, a, bunch, a wall of fear, uh, uh, negative, negative, negative thoughts telling him that he's not enough, now's not the right time, uh, you know, in fact, forget her anyway. Whatever it is, it will come up. And we could call it fear or resistance. And I kind of like to remove at one point the word fear and just say, hey, it's resistance. It's just, you're just a wall of resistance and all you have to do is transcend it. So, uh, and then it can come up at that moment. It can come up when you're in a conversation and, you're in, and you don't really want to say what you're thinking. It could come up in a relationship when you don't want to say what you're thinking. It can come up a million times over. And when, when it comes up, it's, it's, it's a, a moment to learn from and at the same time go past it. So, and, and the goal isn't necessarily what the other person does or doesn't do. The goal is to become more me. When you transcend that resistance every time, do it 10 times a day, that's 10 times a day you become closer to being who you really are. You step into who your real power. And every time you come up to that resistance line that, that, and, you, and you stay behind it instead of walk over it, you uh, become smaller, a smaller version of yourself. You know, the, the guy, you stay in that little circle of comfort uh, that you know, even if it's sad, even if it's angst-ridden, even if it's depressing, you know it, it's safe, instead of stepping through it. And when you let go of the need uh, for an outcome, uh, then it can become quite fun. It can become exhilarating even. And then that's when you begin to step into, hey, I, I like being me. No matter who I'm talking to, uh, uh, whatever flaws I feel I have, uh, I like being me. And then you get good. At, that's what comes from practicing transcending resistance. How do you coach people through that? Because I, I imagine that's met with a fair amount of resistance in itself of, well, that, you know, that sounds great on paper, but John, how do I actually do it? Yeah, well, let's take it, you know, I've coached both men and women and it kind of manifests differently. It's the same idea, same principle. Um, and, but let's just take a man who wants to be, get better literally at uh, being social, who wants to feel confident about himself and wants to like being himself. And he wants to go and improve his dating life. He wants to get a girlfriend. He wants to uh, actually experience dating. I, I, you know, there's different, some guy could be a brand new to the dating world and some other guy could be out of a divorce. It's all in between. But that feeling is um, all across all, all socioeconomic classes. Uh, I've had, just to put it in perspective, I've had guys who are Navy SEALs, been to wars, uh, you know, fearless. But when it comes to talking to a hundred pound uh, girl that he's attracted to, uh, he, he's frightened to death, you know, can't do it, right? Locks up, breaks down. Uh, I've had guys who are CEOs of, you know, major companies or doctors, lawyers, or college student, whatever it is, when it comes to that one place, it's the same problem, you know? And, and um, so how do I help take them past there is let's, I, I tell them to tune into their instinct. And I give them a mantra. My instincts are good. My instincts, like, 
instead of being stuck in your head, overanalyzing every thought you have, believing that your thoughts are your, you know, are, the, are your master, it's actually getting back into this feeling that my instincts are good, even if they were beaten down, even if I've been withholding them, that I want to listen to these instincts to love, to, uh, to appreciate, to share, to connect, to tell a beautiful person they're beautiful, to, uh, to step past that point of fear. I want to listen to that and in a, and in a healthy way uh, react to it. And a very simple exercise I teach guys, and it all starts here and it ends here. This exercise is so simple, yet uh, it could be, you know, I, I would use it to meet my girlfriend, for example. And all it is is I have an instinct. And if you were to take a more base instinct and it was a fight and someone threw a punch, your instinct would be to block. That's an instinct, so you respond. Instinct, you don't have to be a master MMA fighter, you just block. When you see an attractive woman, uh, you wave. So you just add your hand, uh, you just wave. And you don't, without the, the need for anything, but with definitely, yeah, just hello, and you add a hello, and you wave, and you mean to, you want her to see you, you don't like do a half, a flipper arm, it's a hello, <laughs> you're responding to your instinct, and you're saying hi to a beautiful person, and the, in that moment, your ego is in play. If you've been, if you've been practicing um, the need for the desperate need for people to like you, the the desperate need for uh, me to get a date tonight, or I'm not anybody, then that's going to come up. Oh, then it's going to feel like oh her she looked down, she didn't smile, she gave me bad vibe. It's going to make someone feel. It's going to tap into that. So the practice is, is wave at them. And don't worry about what they do. But as you get good at it, a lot of people are nice and they just smile. That doesn't mean they want to go out with you, but they'll light up. And then that get, and when you get good at it and you release the need to be liked and for the outcome, uh, then that starts to land. But just as an exercise unto itself, I tell guys to, to, to warm up every day and do that five times a day. I, I, I see where you're going there. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how it could like the the mental the repetition could help mm -hmm. improve the ability to become detached from the response and just become more comfortable with the the, the simple act of of saying hello or waving it's wow. interesting because i've had i i find it very i find it difficult in this day and age to meet other people and especially in a world where, you know, MD included, but, you know, where I don't drink as much anymore. I don't really go out to the bars. It's like, where do you want to meet people in one? Something I like to do, I go to the gym every day, and you see an attractive person at the gym, and it's like, oh, that's a perfect place for me, ideally, to meet somebody. Like, it checks off a huge box. The person is fit. They value fitness to at least to some extent they're in the gym yeah, the same food. time I am. Okay. And can you, can you hear us, John? Yeah, now I can, yeah. Okay. And I've had... A handful of experiences going up to people at the gym and I've realized actually that the more successful ones are the ones whereby I've been actually more authentic and I, I, I've literally gone up to them and said hey my gut is telling me to do this normally I wouldn't but would you like to grab coffee I've gotten a yes from doing that right, um, yeah. and I've also got people I've had someone where I thought I was coming up more thought I was coming up genuine um, and the girl was very off-putting, like very hard to just kind of 
I was like, I tried to introduce, and she's kind of walking away, like trying to wipe off her equipment, like not really showing a lot of presence. And I'm trying to hold on, like continue the conversation. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you my Instagram kind of thing. Give me your Instagram. I, I message her the next day, and she blocks me. I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, right. But okay. what that yeah. showed me, what that yeah. showed me is um, that I, I, that probably isn't the right person for me anyways and I don't blame her for doing what she did because I don't know her past experiences maybe she has had a bad situation where a guy she's said yes to a random guy and things got but whatever it might be um right. but I did just broader picture the, the the point being I've had more quote-unquote success if you will in in it when I've just been authentically myself even though it's a little bit more I wouldn't even say it's more difficult but just less in my head and just being totally transparent with my intentions which in that case were hey normally i wouldn't do this but my gut's telling me to do you want to do this and it's like yeah sure and if, if she if she would have said no then it's like okay well at least i tried right yeah i mean and, and dating in general can be frustrating and that's that's the thing that's why it has to be a practice and not an outcome because no matter who you are no matter how cool you are no matter what great things you have in your life you're not always going to line up with everybody. It's not always going to happen. And so you have to, uh, and, and that's things like that happen in modern dating life. You just say hi and she blocks you. It's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but that happens to you, to me, to everyone uh, we both know. And uh, it's, part of, it's part of the modern dating culture. And uh, so it's like, of course that doesn't feel good when it happens. And it makes you doubt yourself for a moment. But it's like letting it go very quickly and not making a story about yourself or about dating or about women and then that's what we have to do and 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 keep going again and if the if the you know everyone has their own goals because everyone's at a different place all the time all of us but let's say it's to get a great girlfriend then it's just like hey maybe maybe the next hello is the girl maybe the next time i do that at the gym it's the girl that's actually going to be my girlfriend that's actually going to be an amazing relationship she's just one hello away uh, maybe, but you know, and when I look at when I've had, a, uh, right now I'm single, but when I've had really long-term relationships and I only meet people in person, uh, that when I look at that, I look at that just, um, just maybe uh, 10 minutes before, someone who I wasn't even that drawn to gave me a scowl or gave me a bad vibe. But I did it another one with someone who I was super drawn to and I had a lot of resistance and fear around it, but I, or whatever, not, like that point of resistance was up. And uh, for example, I once saw a beautiful girl sitting on a park bench. I looked at that girl. I said, that's the prettiest girl I've ever seen. And then I thought, go over. And then the voices in my head said, not today, start tomorrow, right? And, and it was not today, start tomorrow. My back hurts. I just got off an airplane. Uh, you know, then I'll, then I'll start talking to girls like that level, you know, we always have these levels in our mind, so, but I did it anyway. And she turned out to be my, my living girlfriend for some years. And now to this day, we're uh, just best friends. So that one, that, that one moment of transcendence, I, I stepped into a new world for her and for me, we, I created a new, new life story for both of us. And, and and it was just moments before that I got a bad vibe from someone else. So it's interesting. You just have to keep keep going, you know? Yeah, so how do you reconcile that with, like, the girl's point of view where there are certain environments where they're not susceptible or, like, not open to being approached? And so, like, for example, on your 
on your Instagram page, I saw a lady, she was quite adamant, like, do not approach me in a parking lot, which I totally understand, by the way. Like, I, I can see how myself, like, approaching somebody in a parking yeah. lot is kind of alarming. But, like, yeah. the gym is another great example where there are, there's, like, a whole population of, like, there's an army that believes adamantly that, like, I'm at the gym to work out. Do not approach me. Like, it's not the right place. But then what Kobe's saying is like, well, if you do it authentically and detached from the outcome and you just do it because it's your thought and you're getting this repetition in, let's say, like, do you tell the guys, like, go for it anyway and, like, who cares? Or, like, do you take that into some level of consideration? This is a great question. Now, I actually have a bunch of uh, – I, I did a lot of interviews uh, over the last few months. I got a lot in the – you know coming out you know and I asked that question over and over about the gym and believe it or not it's like you know girls will have some stipulations around it but many of the girls are like do it do it you know some are like no no you know but it's like and then I notice some are just thinking well what should I say <laughs> right rather you know so I think it always comes back down to uh, being situationally aware you got to look at that that girl that you're talking to, and you got to see how open she is. It's the same as anywhere in a coffee shop, in Whole Foods, walking down the street. You check in, you see how open she is. So it's not, it doesn't have to be a. a and I know many guys, personally, that are dating women they met at the gym, right? So you have to check in with the the girl that you're going to approach, and also. You just make it uh, quick and to the point, and you let her, you know, you kind of just tell her, like, use, use a time constraint so she knows you're not one of those guys who doesn't know when to leave, which is something like, hey, uh, you know, I'm over here uh, doing my, my tri curls or whatever, <laughs> doing my bicep curls, and, uh, and I see you, and uh, I got to get back to it, but I just got to tell you whatever I have to say, you know? I have to say what I have to say. I just say, you know, just that. Uh, and let's see how she responds. If she's open, then you keep going. Like, oh my God, yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, and then you say, anyway, look, my name's John, and you are, and then then you might uh, guess a thing or two about her and say, hey, look, uh, I know we both have to get back to our workout, but I'd love to uh, take you out uh, for a drink sometime or whatever, or for a smoothie. I don't drink either, so, or I'd love to take you for dinner sometime or go for a walk or whatever you guys come up with in that moment. Um, so yeah, I think it's you test in, and I don't think there's, at the end of the day, every, if you can't handle a guy te texting in with you, we don't, we're not living in a bubble, you know? We're just checking in. And if you're a socially aware guy, a situationally aware guy, I think it's the right thing to do. And so like, sounds so simple, but so a few of us will be able to do it. And I know we talked about the fear and, um, you know, and then another person on your content talked about like, what they're really looking for in that moment is a level of confidence and a level of respect. And those just seem so baseline to me for us men, let's just say, let's just stay on the topic of men for heterosexual men for that, for that matter. Like, have you noticed that in our society, are we like directionally moving away from that being a norm? Like, have you noticed a shift in the wrong direction that it's becoming less and less normal for a guy to have a baseline level of confidence and also a level of respect, but we'll, we'll just focus on the confidence piece to be able to do what you said, or do you think it's like maybe getting better over time? Well, I think that I will say that there is as far as respect, there's different kinds of people, you know, different types of people who, there are guys literally who catcall, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, so that's, there is that. I've seen it and there's a park in New York called Washington Square Park. I've seen it. I couldn't believe it. I'm watching these guys like, you know, they don't have any intention of getting the girl. They don't even believe in themselves that they could. They're just 
yelling things out at her and probably making her uncomfortable and she has to walk through it. Uh, but I'd say, the, the, you know, 98% of guys don't do that. <laughs> and so then it comes down to do they mean to be disrespectful? And I think, the, so from the respect point of view is, is do they mean to be, I think they're just, there is a lot of guys who are not really socialized well, so they don't necessarily mean to be disrespectful. And, and ways that women would feel disrespected are he gets too close to her and he won't leave. So those are two things that would be more likely to happen. They'd make it uncomfortable. He doesn't pick up the social cue. So generally, there's only a small group of people that would be uh, out now trying to be disrespectful. And then there's guys who just don't know, just aren't being social enough. As far as general confidence, social confidence, there was obviously definitely a huge dip. You know, there's always been, you know, they, I, I don't know who made up this stat, but they say 98% of guys will not approach a woman. So I don't know if that's... Uh, that, I believe it. That level is... That's... Yeah, it's, it's very high. high. It's really high. It's very yeah. high. So now obviously the people that I meet are the guys who say, I can't do it, but I want to do it. You know, and let's say uh, 10 guys called me this month, maybe three of them will actually do it. So that's the other seven will just kick the tire and keep walking and maybe never do anything about it, you know, just accept their fate. So it's like there's a small. So the point is, is, yeah, the confidence is um, the confidence. There's a there's a fear that am I, am I doing the main fear was even in, all the way back 15 years ago. Am I being creepy? Uh, I feel like I'm being creepy. I want to be a good person, but uh, I think this might be bad, right? Because you know there is you know guys who were being you know being uh, manipulative or uh, not being clear with their intention and going roundabout ways to meet women. And then obviously after a Me Too movement and a lot of noise around that, that's you know you take basically a bunch of guys who are already worried and you knock them in basically down a hole so far they may never come out. But I would say people are coming out. And also, the more social exchanges we have, the more you realize, um, I mean, honestly, when you're calibrated and you're situationally aware and you approach uh, in a disarming way, I would say 95% of women will at least be open and smile. That doesn't mean you're going on a date. But if you're situationally aware, you're calibrated and you don't have an agenda, people respond well. And so I think that's an actual fact that I can say from being a man on the street for all those years, uh, doing it, talk, uh, working with people. So the confidence may be down, but I, I think the air is cleared around that negative energy and, and that this, this message of, hey, just be authentic. And that's my kind of my main reason for doing all these interviews is, is I haven't had a woman yet, no matter, even if she's coming out of, uh, you know, gender studies school, say a man can't talk to, can't approach a woman. I haven't heard that yet. Not one. Now, the gym, that's different. I heard a lot of things. <laughs> but just saying, I think that, that, uh, that I haven't heard yet. And it's never that bad. I think that's the other thing is people get, people overplay how poorly it can go in their heads before before they actually do it and which is like fear in a nutshell yeah and, and you know i've had some pretty like tough to navigate and like <laughs> say embarrassing but just feeling like you just want to crawl into a ball situations where it doesn't go quote unquote as planned or you're kind of stuttering i remember i went up to one and i wasn't even trying to ask this 
I don't even know why I'm telling all these stories, but whatever. The listeners are getting in, into my life. But I went, I went up to, and I went up to one, um, one beautiful, beautiful woman. Not even to ask her out, but just to, because uh, I knew she had a following to see if she wanted to come on the podcast or just talk to her. And I, I, it was at the gym though, and it was a smaller gym, and you could just tell every other every other person in there is taking notice of this this lady. And I go up to her, and I remember, and she was she was very nice, and 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 we had a normal conversation. But I remember like going to give her my phone to show her my Instagram, or vice versa, and my hands were shaking, like my hand was literally mm. shaking as I'm doing it. And I was so proud of myself after I did it because I was able to go and put my head on the pillow that night and not have the regret of which I knew I would because I had never seen her there before, and I probably would never again, and I never did after that actually. Of what would have happened, like what could have happened. She don't cancel her membership. And you know what? She ne- no, she still goes there. And you know what? Um, nothing transpired of it. But I, but I built a little bit of confidence in myself, if nothing else, that like, hey, I can do this. Yeah. And I think that that is so powerful. It's unbelievable, and also because you gave yourself permission, just that you just that you did it was good enough. Instead of I did, instead of uh, obsessing with whatever happened afterwards, whether you dated her or not, doesn't matter. The fact that in that moment that you did it, it uh, was good enough for you, and that's why you, you can continue to do it. And so, John, you, you mentioned you're single now. So, how when women find out, how do they respond to just something that popped in my head of this idea of like John is a dating coach? Um, how does yeah. that go over with women? Like, how are you meeting? Just talk a little bit about that. I'm just curious. Yeah, it's very interesting because um, I travel a lot, and you, I can tell you, different places respond differently to it. Um, and I think um, I'm lucky that I have a lot of like, uh, besides having street cred, I have like that that uh, you know the Fox and Friends and the New York Times and various things. So that adds a little something. So I'm lucky for that. Uh, but you know, it adds a little like credibility about what I'm doing. But uh, I would say it really is uh, a polarizing identity, the dating coach, uh, the male dating coach. It's a polarizing identity. And um, it's kind of like a Rorschach test. Someone can hear it and uh, it's like it could trigger negative thoughts or someone could think it's amazing. Wow, that's just amazing, you know? And uh, sometimes, to be honest, like when people say, what do you do? I usually, it's not usually the first thing I wanna talk about because there's never a time that that's not all we talk about, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, it's like, I don't really feel like talking about it. I just did it all day, I don't feel like rapping about this again. So there's that, you know? So it's definitely an interesting thing to be and I have found like uh, the women that I'm most drawn to, the most attractive women, let's say, uh, really resonate with it. So maybe people who live outside of a normal life, they really resonate with that. Um, and, and I'm just talking from a New York uh, point of view. Uh, I found outside of New York, um, like if you go to Europe or, or all through South Latin America or even Miami, or uh, I have found that um, everyone's very positive on it. You know, they don't have any, any negative energy around it. It's like, Hey, you got a job that's good enough for me. <laughs> so, hey, I'm just, but uh, no, but I think generally uh, people really look at like look in in these other parts of the world really admire someone um, helping other people. And in New York, I think uh, the more I do it, and as I've added in into like the the, the street interviews with 
uh, talking to women and letting women just talk without me being some guy who's interjecting his opinion because that's not what I'm doing. I'm just asking a question. I'll let them respond and I share it. Uh, and I think that women really like that. You know, they've really been all women are enjoying that. So I'm getting a lot of women followers from that. You know, what does the negativity look like? You mentioned that you get some sort of negative like reception towards that. What does what does that sound or look like? I think it just sounds or looks like uh, we're not dating. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, just at the bottom, like, so if I meet a girl that I'm interested in, uh, say, from, a, like, a friend, I've never had, like, uh, all my friends think it's great, but if I've met a girl, she might be f afraid, like, oh, what, this guy's just talking to women all the time, so uh, she might be afraid that, you know, how can I date someone like that? How could I be in a relationship with someone who's out helping other people be social, who's always putting himself in social situations with attractive women. So that would really be what I think is the main thing. Not that there's something bad about it, but could she handle that, you know, feeling of that. So I think that's generally the, the negativity that I've gotten, you know. And then, and for some women that's just too much. And then I could say, hey, that's a qualifier, you know. And then I can honestly say when I look at it, the women I'm most drawn to, the women I'm most attracted to, they're they're always all about it. They want to be a part of it, you know. So it's kind of just a qualifier for me at this point. Yeah. So you you made a post or something around teaching men how to become good observers. What does that mean? Yeah. I think that's a great observation. It's not not no pun intended there actually, but what did, like what does it mean to be a good observer? Okay, yeah, and, and this is really, and that goes back to when I say connecting to yourself, you know, be, observe yourself, you know, be in your body, not just stuck up here, like a lot of our modern jobs are just up here, you know, and the thinking and the constant consuming of thoughts, you know, so it's like, observe your body, be in your body, so it starts there, that's connecting to yourself, and then being an observer of the outside world notice as you're walking down the street and this makes you very present through the senses is the now that's how we find our way in the now so we use our eyes we use our ears we use our touch uh, we use our in our intuition or our taste if you're eating you know or your, your smell you use that you actually listen to that listen to what's happening uh, see what's happening around you notice the trees notice the details and the leaves notice the architecture as you're walking down the street and really make it a point to do it as the street you walk down every day and you'll all of a sudden see things you never saw before and that helps you be in the now but it also helps you uh, become a seer and then you want to add being a sayer meaning you see something like wow that building's so beautiful I love the the arches in it and the way it has this kind of Greek ionic feeling or something like that and you say it so then you start seeing and saying and you're practicing that and then you start taking that to the people around you the, the strangers that you see like uh, you look for the, you, you observe, you look in their eyes and you kind of uh, guess what they're feeling. Do they look sad? Do they look uh, focused? Do they look uh, like they're having a good day? Uh, do they look like whatever's going on with them? And then, of course, look at their clothes. Look at the sneakers are they, they're wearing. Are they Vans? Are they uh, Balenciaga? And notice, because that's information. And, uh, uh, and also, it's something to talk about. Notice the shirt, 
notice uh, the uh, accoutrements, the necklaces, the earrings, the bracelets that they might have on. And uh, that's something to say about. Notice how they walk. Do they walk with a pep in their step? Are they walking with their head down? Uh, do they walk, it look, looks like they need to go to the chiropractor. Have a look. Notice and, and notice these things. And then at one point, as people who are, who are trying to make a connection for dating, obviously, or friends, is, is you're going to say something nice that you see. So like, uh, so it would be like, hello. It could be as simple as, I, uh, I really like that hat. It really pops. It could be, you know, and it wants to be rooted in something real. It can't be fake. Otherwise, the listener will know that this is uh, not right. Or it could be, um, for example, when I met my uh, ex-girlfriend on a park bench, it was as simple as, hey, uh, I saw you uh, reading that book. Uh, looks really interesting. I'm curious what it is. Or, hey, I saw you sitting on this park bench uh, reading a book. Uh, you look like the picture of a perfect day in the sun. And then you see how she responds. You know, and, that, and then it's like, yeah, she's like, oh my God, thanks. Yeah, you have the book, you have the leaves behind you, the sun is shining through them. Uh, anyway, I've, I've got to get out of here, meaning like, I don't want, I'm not going to be here for four hours, don't worry. Uh, my name is John. And then you see if she's open to you, and then you have a conversation or you don't. But uh, just giving a compliment to give, rooted in an actual observation that's happening right now in this moment, is the best way to break the ice. Because... It's so now that how could she not be, be, be in it? And if you're really looking at her, you can see she might be someone you would be attracted to, but if she looks like she's wrapped up in a real-world problem or she's walking at the speed of light, uh, it's not really going to, you know, she's not synced up for, you know, being open to a connection. Uh, things were frozen, guys. Hmm. And so... I guess this is kind of <clears throat> related to this, but, uh, and, and you know, it's interesting because it, it's, I didn't, you know, I, I went through your page. I mean, you, you have done the, like, I wasn't expecting to meet someone so like, I, I, that's the right word to say this, but like that has done so much it's clear. You've done a lot of like inner work meditation. Um, and it, it makes sense. And it, to me, that's kind of what you're coaching people on. Like you're starting getting, people to connect to themselves which is um not what you think of when you hear dating coach but it is actually so paramount and important to be able to connect with yourself because you can't go out and ha walk with any sort of confidence or show up how you want to show up in the world if you're showing up as um disconnected and an artificial version of who you are and you're going to attract and then you're in turn going to attract someone that that's just like that and i i like this idea of just going up to people because i think it also weeds out people fairly quickly on on at least in the glass half full scenario like if someone if you go up to someone and someone's snarky i mean that just to me tells like okay good fine like we move on you know like that that's not someone that i want to spend probably time with anyway because i go up to everyone super happy and ready and like want to learn about these people and if uh if that's not reciprocated like that's okay but uh probably not the right uh individual but at, on that point you also like you had a point of making people feel heard and understood which i think is connected to being an observer but just how can we make people feel more hood more hurt geez more heard more seen and more understood 
Yeah, that's a great point. And what you're saying also, just to what you just talked about, is, is that's right. You know, first of all, dating can get quite expensive. And uh, you're just meeting someone online, and then you go out, and you're not, you find out immediately. You don't like the sound of their voice. You don't like the, their energy. Uh, they're not as attractive as you thought. When you see someone in real life, and you go and talk to them, in one moment, you can tell you like them. You can even before, if she's walking, and you talk to her, you can tell you like the way she walks. There's, there's some information in that to you. You can tell you like the sound of her voice. You can tell that you like her outlook on life as she responds to you. So you learn, you, you, you skip a lot of stuff just by saying hi to, to people in real life. Um, the next thing is how do you make someone feel heard, listened to, understood, and why is that so important? And I, and I would say in order to make a connection with a woman, you need to make her feel heard, listened to, and understood. So how do you do that? Um, and this is really important because a lot of guys don't. They just are so in their head. They're just trying to prove something. They're just whatever. They're just, they're just not being there with her in the moment. So uh, this same method of meeting her, of noticing uh, things about her, it's, it happens as it spills into the conversation when you first meet her or on a date or as you're dating. And, and when you stop making her feel heard, listened to, and understood uh, and seen, then you are usually when relationship begins to unravel. So um, a way to do that is instead of asking 20 questions, let's just say on the initial meeting, let's go back to the park bench. I say, hey, look, I'm going to run, and I sit down uh, next to her, and she's cool with that. And then instead of saying, here's 60 questions, uh, let me let me make you feel like you want to jump off a bridge. Uh, I say, I say this. Hey, uh, I noticed something about you. I'm going to guess. Right? And again, I have to notice something about her. And I can look for things like if she has an accent or if she has an energy about her, say that's uh, super light and easy or if she has a very um, business vibe or you know uh, or if she has a very um, uh, athletic uh, energy and then I might say hey I noticed something about you I noticed that you have an accent I'm gonna guess that you're from Paris I noticed that you're super chill and laid-back I'm gonna guess you do some kind of meditation or you might be talking to a woman who's very deep and reflectful and soulful. You see it in her eyes and her responses. And you say, I notice you're very deep, reflective, and soulful. I'm going to get, it really seems to me like you've done a lot of inner work. Is that true? So that's being, someone being seen, heard, and understood. Or as you're talking to her and you notice how easy it is to talk to her, and you say, hey, you know what? It's really easy to talk to you. I feel like I could talk to you like all day. Uh, or you might notice that she's very expressive like I am and you might notice that and you when she gets excited about a topic and you might say that to her, hey you know when, whenever you talk about ballet you're just like your eyes light up your whole body lights up it's uh, it's really cool and then she's being seen heard and understood and uh, so that's a that's a simple technique of actually seeing her and then telling her what you see and then getting her to open up more. So that's one way to make her feel that way. And it's so much better than just asking a bunch of questions or only talking about yourself. Is there, um, well, that, so in what you're saying is, is, is part of also being a good coach on the flip side, which is really, I think, just active listening. 
at the end of the day. Well, um, and one way to do that and, and train and teach that is through kind of the method that you just described. But I think in this day and age, or not even this day and age, I think just people more generally are so uncomfortable with a quote unquote, like awkward silence or not knowing what to say next. I still, I still kind of get in my head at times and I'm trying to think about what to say next, even on, even on the podcast. That's why I started bringing my iPad. So if I have something, I write it down real quick. So then I can bring my presence back. If I have a thought that pops up so I can bring my presence back to the person that's speaking to me and, and give them my full attention. And I think when we're able to, like you said, get out of our head, stop thinking about how we can relate to what this person is saying to an experience in my life and making it about me, but just giving them the space to share and and give them the gift of showing them uh, us who they are, uh, it becomes it becomes a lot easier to do what you just said because there's so much there in like in somebody if you're just willing to let them show you and giving them the the space to let them show you, not cutting them off, not oh I remember that too when I went to this place this. I digress. Well, I, you know, I think a big part of this quickly is just that a lot of what can make this interaction a lot scarier. And I'm just starting to think about like cold calling because I'm in, I'm in sales. I'm a sales coach. And like the hardest conversations to have are the ones where you are attached to an outcome. So if you go into that interaction thinking like, I need to make this my girlfriend or, you know, I need to get some sort of like outcome out of this you start to lose presence in a sense of like, I want to think of like, how do I now make a response or say the next thing so that I can like get to my desired outcome. And so like, I think what you mentioned very early on, John, it seems really key to this is like, you can kind of have that comfortable present conversation where I could just notice something about you, bring it up because we're kind of in this like free flow state versus I'm trying to like, point this into a certain direction or fit this into a certain molded outcome. Am I kind of on, on cue there? Yeah. And I think it, it also relates to like, uh, sales. When I, when I did do sales, I got some good training back in the day and there was one thing called the listening, uh, the, 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 the counselor salesperson or something like that. And it really was just all about active listening and, um, and, and just listening and then obviously if there's a match between the two like actually what I'm bringing to you to this person that I'm uh, offering a product or service to is is something that um, something that that will make their business better something that will make their their whatever they're doing better I'm here to improve so so that in that sense it's the same it's not I, I there's obviously some agenda in there like that that I want to make a sale but at the same time we want to I want my customer to be heard and I want my customer to feel great that their business is going to improve or whatever I'm selling them is going to in my case it would be that their personal life's going because I have to sell I at the end of the day I'm a coach but I also have to sell that service to my clients or my products to my clients and the idea is, is I'm selling them something that's going to make their life better so but back to what you said and this is going to be I think pretty interesting when it comes to the interpersonal stuff, and I say, go back and listen to your instinct. Well, it's my natural instinct. It's the men that I work with or the women that I work with. It's their natural instinct to connect uh, to another person for uh, intimacy, romance, love, etc. And that's the instinct. The instinct, the human instinct is going to bring us to kissing and sex and holding hands and getting into uh, some kind of... Uh, relationship. Our instincts will do that. So 
when I'm actually physically drawn to a woman, when we are drawn to her, like that's just nature taking its course. Uh, so I just look at it as let nature guide me, let my instinct guide me. Now to have an agenda, right, in this, the way that I'm using it, the agenda of the ego is the agenda that I've got to get something so that I validate myself. Mm -hmm. I've got to get her to smile, then I feel good. I've got to get her phone number, then I'm worth something. I've got to get laid, now I've done it. Uh, I've got to get this thing. So then it's just this, this, this endless drive to get that. Now, of course, any woman who's not hopped up on drugs or has any self-esteem can, can see that. They feel, ah, oh, that, that's generally what we call creepy. This guy had an agenda. He's trying to get something from me. He's trying to take something from me. The opposite of that is this, I'm just here to give, to share, and receive in the pleasures that two people might have together. From a small moment of a small energy exchange, like a simple hello and a smile, to a great conversation, to, to um, a hug, to a kiss, to love, to family. I'm just here to potentially have all those moments. I'm here to give, and I'm open to receive. And that's a, a, the mindset of that. And uh, nature is, is that we will come together more and more intimate. So it's removing the, the agenda of the ego that needs to be validated from something external. What if the agenda is like wholesome though? Like what if you just see the girl on the park bench and you're like, I'm single, I could see this girl being my girlfriend, I'm going to give this a go, but like, should you already back out of that because you already have this agenda in mind? Or like, I'm just kind of wondering, like, what if it's not a creepy agenda? No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, that is the objective, right? That I see a girl, I want to date her. I do want to kiss her. I do want to know her. I do want to, there's a potential. But think of it like this. And this is, uh, it's very, like a lot of men think like this. And we've probably heard this. Uh, hey, I'm going to go out tonight and get laid. Right. <laughs> Come hell or high water. It doesn't matter what she says, what she doesn't say. doesn't matter, you know, she's whatever, whatever happens. But you would rarely ever hear a woman say that. I'm going to go out tonight and get laid. I'm going to, no matter what this guy says, does, or whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to his place, right? So it's like, of course, yeah, you look at that woman. I want to date her. I want to know her. Yes. So that's just like, I mean, I, you could say that's an agenda, sure. But it's more like a meaning like you're not pushing that agenda on her. Like it has to happen no matter what she says. I'm just getting her number no matter what, right? Now, I might ask a guy as an exercise to overcome the fear of rejection to, to go out and ask five girls out today no matter what, even if it's ridiculously absurd, you know, <laughs> uh, just to do it to get past that hurdle and to get free from that. But really what I'm just trying to say is, is yeah, of course you want to date her. Of course that's true. But it's instead of pushing that, that on her, uh, just be there moment by moment with her. And I would say it like this. Imagine if we were just playing a simple pop song. And, and all, all pop songs have a, a kind of a similar formula. You know, they have a chorus, they have a verse, a verse, a chorus, a verse, that kind of thing, whatever. And, and you have to have an opening of a song, and then you have the main part of the song, the song that moves you, that makes you feel, the song that you, the part that, you, that, that gets you high. And then you have some other thing. And it's like the opening of the song is, is maybe a compliment in the Boy Meets Girl song. Uh, a compliment. And then it's a transition into the two of us getting, exchanging uh, energy and, and information about each other. 
right? And the energy is actually more important than the information. And we're exchanging that. And then there's, as the man, as the initiator of this uh, um, conversation, I've, uh, I'm going to tell her, A, why I'm there. I'm going to be clear with my intention. And I'm going to tell her what I like about her if I want to ask her out again. And by the way, you may start a conversation, I'm sure this has happened to you, where you don't like her. You're like, oh, she was very attractive, but I don't like her energy. I, from over there, she was somebody, but when I got up close, she, she just seems to, what, something about her has turned me off. And because I have options, I'm just going to say, have a nice day and move on. I'm not actually going to ask her out. And, and just because I started doesn't mean I have to finish it. The, the reason most guys don't finish it is because of they get stuck on that re, another resistance point and they walk away too soon. But when you stop getting stuck on those resistance points, you can just have conversations with people you want to have conversations with and see where it goes and maybe it will lead to that. I would love it to lead to that outcome, but it's okay if it doesn't. It's going to be moment to moment with this person. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that yeah, yeah that's yeah. You cut off for a second. I'll cut it. But um, do you have any other, anything else you want to ask? All right, John. Um, we are going to wrap up here with first of all, thank you for your wisdom, your story. I def I, I learned something today, which is and I was also did not expect to come and share in my dating life, but uh, that's all right. That's why that's the, that's the yeah, that's the that's the arena. I got a lot of repetitions. That's what we got out of this. Um, the first question. Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, the first question for you. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given or your favorite quote? Mm. All right, let me think about that. Let me think. I'm, I'm let letting, I'm giving you the space. Yeah. Yeah. Best piece of advice I've ever been given yeah, I think this is really important, is, you know, paraphrasing the advice, is, you know, you have to look at your whole life when you make decisions, and you have to say, hey, do I, you know, don't go do something you don't want to do just because it maybe makes you richer. Uh, don't go do something you don't want to do uh, yeah, because it may be in the future, um, you know, like it's great to sacrifice for future gain, but when at one point you have to look and see, like if I follow a path of actually enjoying the journey instead of um, like everything I do is for some future gain, which is a very male mindset, in the future I'll be me. So the best advice I ever got, and a lot of that advice comes from Eckhart Tolle really, is the journey is more important than the outcome. And that literally means like, in the future you won't be you. In the future you'll be a guy who's neurotic and, and doubts himself all day and gets stuck at resistance points if that's what you practice on this journey. And if you're building a business and you're yelling at all the people around you to get shit done, then, you know, like maybe you'll get somewhere, but you'll have, you know, burned up a lot of bad energy along the way. And the journey, was the journey really worth doing that? So it's like really being in this now, being in this present and in trying, you're doing your best to enjoy being you, enjoy the world you're living in and to get, you know, to get to that desired outcome, whether it's the ultimate body, whether it's the best business, whether it's the best relationship, uh, whatever it is. 
So I think that even though there's that like life's a journey, not an outcome can sound hokey, it really is about that journey. And for example, if there was like, uh, I know some guys who moved to Puerto Rico to save on taxes, but they did that in their years when they could be meeting a wife uh, that they wanted to meet and have a family and they gave up that because that's not there generally. <laughs> so it's like for that tax savings. And for me, uh, if I were to think about that, I wouldn't do that. So, uh, because I want to have that life. So the, I guess a great quote uh, is, I'm going to quote myself because it's the only quote I can think of. <laughs> so is if you, uh, if you, if you say what you see in the moment that you see it, say what you see in the moment that you see it, and that is your ability to break the ice with any woman or anyone, anytime, anywhere. Say what you see in the moment that you see it, and that is your ability to break the ice with anyone, anytime. anywhere. I like that. I really do like that. Um, that's good. I'm going to write that down. Uh, the, the, the last question, just if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, John, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ben Franklin? Benjamin Franklin's the dead one. Uh, I just always admired him uh, since I was a kid. I read his autobiography, and um, he was uh, a true uh, genius. Obviously, he invented a lot of the Western world, a lot of our, a lot of things we use to this day, including the discovery of electricity. Uh, and he was just always, it's an, I aspire to be like him. You know, he was always kept his mind focused on creating, on doing, on with this idea that I do better, that, I, uh, that, that I'm making the world a better place. So instead of uh, wasting time uh, flipping through things that don't matter, he'd be practicing drawing a perfect circle, for example. Even that he would be doing. Something that's keeping his mind on, um, on good and creating. So that's someone I would love to, and he also sounded like a really fun guy. And uh, so I guess I'll leave it at that. I don't think I don't think we've gotten Benjamin Franklin before. No, but you, we, we've had some pretty we've had a diverse group of people people yeah. answer that question. Got to um, be a pretty fun guy to invent electricity. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> um, all right, John, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom as well as your story. Really appreciate it. Thanks, John. All right, I appreciate being on. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to meet you.